How's it going this week, everybody? This week I'm going to be having Anthony on the show. He had a very interesting and very intense encounter with... I don't even know what, what this creature was. There, there were so many weird experiences that he had behind his property, and his neighbor even shot at this creature uh, when it charged at him, and, and they never even saw exactly what it was. But it's very creepy. It's got some aspects of Sasquatch. Uh, but at the end of the day, we really, we were, really weren't able to come to a conclusion as to as to what this creature was. Also, just want to do a quick shout out to all the members that have been signing up. You really help keep things going around here. If you are interested in the membership, you can head over to challengetheunknown.com and get early access to new episodes. And one last thing before we get started tonight is this episode is sponsored by Smoky Mountain Squatch Coffee Company. Nathan sent me over the Cowboy Blend to try, and I'm very impressed with the quality and flavor. As many of you know, I'm a huge coffee drinker, and just for my audience, there's a 10% discount code. If you follow the link in the description and use code CTU at checkout, you'll get a great discount and know that you're not only supporting the show, but you're also supporting Bigfoot Research as a portion of their profits go into researching the mysterious creature. Thanks for listening. So this uh, this all happened in a fairly rural town in Georgia, uh, about 30 minutes from the closest Walmart. It's heavily wooded, but still surrounded with quite a few neighborhoods here and there. Um, there is a clearing that is our backyard, and it's surrounded by very, very thick woods. Um, those woods have always kind of creeped me out as long as we've lived here. But nothing ever really happened until one night was taking uh, my dog Axel out. And uh, mind you, this dog, he he's not scared of anything. I mean, he laughs in the face of death. Like, this dog is something different. And uh, it was weird to notice when, at first, he didn't want to go outside. He was, he was spooked by something, but not thinking about it. We just kind of pressed on. Um, and we had to walk around the side of the house towards the backyard let him go to the bathroom. And as we started walking back, this is when I first kind of noticed something was off about the woods. You could hear something else matching my steps almost. Um, at first I thought it was one of the many cats on that we have on the property, but if I stopped walking, you could hear the leaves stop crunching in the woods. And as I continued walking, uh, you could hear the leaves crunch again. It was stalking me, whatever it was. Um, and as we kind of turned the corner to go through the side door of the house, um, there's a small clearing where a shed sits and, uh, the light from the side of the house kind of illuminates the shed and my dog saw it first and then I saw it and it was super, super fast. I mean, it was a blink of an eye, but you could see the light from the shed being completely blocked out. And the shed was, was about six feet tall. So this thing had to be over six feet tall to block out all the light. And it darted across the clearing. My dog took off running towards the house, which, again, is unusual. I mean, he'll chase anything. Um, this time, didn't want nothing to do with what that was. I'm hightailing it shortly there behind him. Uh, get in the house. I slam the door. I lock it. Um, I go and tell my girlfriend what happened. And she thinks I'm being overdramatic. It's probably a woodland creature. We can chop this up and laugh at it. No big deal. We grab two flashlights and head out the front door. And we're looking 
now in the woods that's kind of in front of the house almost, but to the right side. Um, so still the side yard. And we're looking and we can hear something crunching around. Now, mind you, these woods are like too thick to walk in. And it's also very like swampy um, in parts. It's not an ideal place for camping. Definitely not a, mm, what's the word? It's not possible to run back there. Um, you, know, you can kind of climb your way through the vines and bushes and trees, but running is next to impossible, especially as you get closer to my neighbor's house. Um, it's, you can't even walk in there and you have to cut through it with like a machete. And, uh, so we hear it crunching around, crunching around, crunching around. We don't see anything. We both have flashlights. We're standing pretty close to the edge of the wood line and it's maybe two, 300 yards in front of us. And then we start hearing it kind of walk closer towards us. And as we are scanning every inch that we can possibly see, we see no reflective lights from like eyes, from, you know, like dogs or critters or anything. And as it starts kind of get closer and closer, my girlfriend at this point, a little spooked, backs up kind of like behind a car. And I'm still at the edge of the wood line because I'm desperate to figure out like this, this can't be happening. You know what I mean? You hear stories, but there's no way there's something unexplainable right in front of me. And uh, it got even closer. And, and at this point, I should be able to see it, but I can't. I'm scanning tree tops. I'm scanning the forest floor. Nothing. Um, she goes inside. She's over it. She's done with it. I decide maybe it's one of my neighbor's dogs. Let me go over there. We'll call him Dave for the sake of the story. I go over to Dave's house and I'm like, hey, man, any of your dogs missing or anything? Nope, they're all accounted for. What's going on? Uh, I'm like, well, you know, there's just something in the woods. I'm not sure. He wants to come check it out. Uh, it's at this point I've noticed that you can hear it behind Dave's house now. It followed me across the yard into his yard but still staying in the wood line so now we're in his backyard and he can hear the crunching too and behind dave's house it's even thicker than i've described before at this point i mean air can barely get through there like think that thick um and this thing is free-floatingly just crunching walking like it's in an open field and again it's about 300 yards in front of us and uh, we're scanning for a good five minutes. We see nothing. Um, Dave, at this point, has pulled his handgun out because uh, who knows? You know, it, it could be uh, Uger or something, yeah, something crazy. Uh, pick an animal. Uh, I just had no idea. It wasn't making any noise animalistically wise. It was just the crunching of leaves. And then as soon as it started, it kind of just stopped. There was no sound no woodland creatures like crickets or frogs nothing and um we're scanning around it's quiet um i mean i can feel my heart beating like you could feel something was just staring at you and uh dave and i are good 20 feet apart maybe 50 feet apart and at one point it just starts back up again it's just now stomping but it's sprinting at me and it slams into the gate at first, it was 300 yards. Now, all of a sudden, without making a noise, it is right in front of me, sprinting at full speed, where, again, can't even walk. And it slams into the gate, rattles the entire fence. Dave just kind of starts shooting at that area. Nothing. No sound. No noise. We didn't hear it leave. 
We didn't hear like it whimper, whatever it could have been. It was just gone. And we're both kind of spooked. We look at each other with that, like what just happened kind of face. And then we heard it. And I heard it. I, I don't know what we heard. It was human in nature, but it sounded, think of a classic alien noise, if you will. Um, Dave has been hunting. He's close to 65 years old. He has been hunting for about 40, 50 years. He still to this day cannot explain what that noise was. Um, almost like a, a human trying to recreate an alien noise or something. Um, we decided to leave it alone. Thought, you know what? Uh, probably never know what that was. We're, it was best we go inside for the night. Dave covers me as I go back into the house and I can kind of hear something in the woods that I'm ignoring it at this point as I'm sprinting full speed back to my house. Um, and we're in the house. I'm telling my girlfriend everything that just happened because she heard the gunshots, wanted to know. I filled her in. And uh, as I'm telling her this, there is a very, very, very loud explosion that comes from behind Dave's house in our woods. It rattles the windows, the power flickers. Um, my girlfriend and I look at each other like, hmm, okay. I look out to see if maybe anyone else has noticed. Dave also noticed it. Uh, which kind of spooked me to know that, okay, like he felt the same thing. I felt the same thing. And just as we're kind of, again, scanning the wood line, trying to figure out what this, what could like a cannon blast. We don't live near an army post or anything of that nature. The nearest one is well over mm, 50 miles away, if you will. And uh, as we're doing that, a couple people from, you know, the surrounding neighborhood come driving down on golf carts and they're like, you know, hey, we heard an explosion kind of like from this area. Is everything okay back here? Uh, we were like, yeah, I mean, we didn't do anything. And so they eventually, we all agree that, you know, okay, let's call the police and let's try to figure this out, you know, put a report in. Maybe they can go look because we didn't want to. Um, police do come out. Two different officers interview me and Dave separately to get our accounts on what happened. I guess multiple reports of the explosion did come in. Maybe that'll explain why we were interviewed separately. I'm not sure. But both officers, after getting the story, the same story, kind of just went, well, that sucks. Uh, we'll keep an ear out. And left in a very kind of like hasty way. They just wanted nothing to do with those woods. Um, Sounds about right. Not entirely. Yeah, it's just I have no idea why uh, they would have left. They didn't bother with an investigation, didn't even bother with flashlights in the woods. They just were like, yeah, we're out. Um, hmm. You know, so we kind of went inside for the night. We thought maybe that would be the end of it. You know, after telling my mother-in-law, who is a police officer for a different town, the story the next morning she buys, and this is a very important detail, two brand new trail cameras, brand new SD cards in the package, from Walmart. Like you can't get any more brand new than this. Um, and we set them up throughout the wood line, kind of capture everything. Um, it was my turn to go out and feed the, the outdoor cats that night. Uh, reluctantly, I did it, even though knowing this thing was stalking me pretty much the whole time it charged at me, whatever this was, I went out there, I was feeding them and lo and behold, we hear it again. I'm not taking any chances. I run inside. At this point, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, and my girlfriend are all there. They encourage me to go take a look. I don't want to. 
But knowing that there's trail cameras there, if it gets me, it'll be on video. My sacrifice won't be for nothing. I'll have proof of something, you know? So I set myself up. I walk out to the wood line with another flashlight and I can hear it. This time it's like it's in the trees and I'm panicking because they can hear it. And they're like a good 500 yards behind me. I'm uh, looking, scanning the trees still no animal eyes, nothing. And just again, it, as soon as it started, it stopped. It was dead silent. And I can just feel ice in my veins. And then all of a sudden, just something fell out of a tree so hard, it literally rocked the soil underneath my feet. I was wearing uh, flip-flops, and there was dirt on top of my feet. Like, that is how hard this thing hit the ground. Um, and that was it. I dropped the flashlight, and I sprinted a good 500 meters in what felt like two seconds. I was out of here. They also felt it, again, that far behind me. Um, and we get in the house. A mother-in-law gets a phone call from Dave, who is a good uh, 1,000 meters or so, you know, a good distance away to not feel that. He heard the thump from whatever it was. I never saw anything. It didn't make like a, you know, if we fall out of high places, we'll make a noise. We're landing on the ground. No noise, nothing. Um, and then we were like, okay, this is insane. There's clearly something. It, it, no clue what it could be. We still want it to be a woodland creature, but it's not making any sense. Um, we checked the trail cans the next morning because I sure I was not going back out there. There are video footage leading up to 11.49 p.m. After that, the files are corrupted. Hmm. No logical explanation for it. We set the trail cams back. We reformatted everything, and they've worked ever since. Until just recently, and what prompted me to kind of bring the whole story to light, um, after that experience, I took a brush whack, and I... Uh, brush eater and I went through and I pretty much demolished as much as the woods that our property line would allow. I was tired of looking at it. I was tired of feeling scared of it. I demolished the whole thing. I left the, you know, the big tree standing, but all the overgrown weeds and bushes, they're gone. And um, we had since put a chicken coop back there for some reason. And uh, we built a new dog fence back there to keep the kind of dogs over there and to scare away whatever those were. Maybe a bad call, maybe a good call. Um, we were back there taking the dog out. As we're walking back, and again, this was a couple weeks ago. We're walking back. It's a, a pretty clear night. We see this mist. Think of an owl, but made of clouds, if you will. It, it didn't make sense. Fly from out of the woods up over our house and then just vanish. We were like, okay, well, that was weird. I looked at my girlfriend and said, you saw that? And she went, yep, time to go. We go inside. Curiosity gets the best of us. We grab our flashlights. We head back around the house, and we're looking in the trees, thinking it was probably an owl. You know, we're, we're thinking of the wood story again. Like, we're hyping ourselves up. It's an owl. We're scanning the trees. Um, you know, anyone familiar with, like, police flashlights, they're powerful enough. They do a, the mag lights. They do a good enough job, and we have a few of them laying around. That's what we're using to scan these trees. We don't see anything. We don't hear anything, nothing. Our neighbor, 
um, not Dave, but uh, in front of Dave's house, it's like a cul-de-sac, if you will. So Dave's on the far end of the cul-de-sac. We're on the right side, if you're looking at on the left-hand side of it, the neighbors just built a new shed. They put up a motion-detecting light, and that light, once activated, stays on for 10 minutes. And as long as there's no movement, it'll cut off. Problem with this is, as we're scanning the trees, we're outside of the range, and we've tested this, figured out the range of the motion light to know that we can't trigger it from where we were standing for this to make sense. All of a sudden, as we're looking at the trees, the motion light kicks on, and this gray skinny ghostly dog that we've never seen before. And uh, we're pretty familiar with all the neighborhood dogs. We go for walks all the time throughout the cul-de-sac and whatnot. And we take our dogs. It just kind of appeared. And then it scampered down the road. It looked back at me a couple times and then vanished. The, the problem with this is that the dog not only appeared right when we saw the gray mist, like flying creature thing, come out of the woods and disappear, but the dog would have had to have been standing perfectly still. This motion light will detect a hair falling off your head. I mean, it's ridiculously sensitive. It would have had to been standing perfectly still for a solid 10 minutes to not have the motion light activated, only then to activate it once it moved, if that kind of makes sense. Um, that's really it. We have no idea. And to this day, Dave no longer goes outside at night. Streetlight comes on and Dave's in his house. Uh, he can't be bothered. Um, it spooked him that bad. And I try not to let it get to me. Um, you know, I have chores and responsibilities outside. And unfortunately at night, you know, you hope that maybe one of the trail cams will, will catch it. And that's really it. It's just unexplained. You know, man, that's really interesting. You know, I I got, I got a lot of points to touch on there, but uh, in particular, I, I guess I want to start with Dave there. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of hunters over the year, and, and I'm, I'm familiar with, with the sport. Um, you know, for a hunter to discharge his weapon in the middle of the night at something that he can't see is rare. So that that indicates to me that, that whatever you were both seeing really is is extraordinary. Um, so, you know, what kind of, what kind of weapon did he have? Did he have, um, was it, was it like a 45 nine millimeter? It was, as far as I know, it was just a nine millimeter. Okay. That's about as much as I know. My gun knowledge isn't the greatest. It's, it's very rusty, but the reason that he shot off, I guess I forgot to mention this. You, I don't think of a small fence. Think of like a hundred foot long chain length fence that is very well built. Right something heavy has to rattle a hundred foot long chain like fence. Right. Um, Hard and impact. I mean, at that point, yeah, if, if it's that big to do that, you know, before it leaps out, we don't know what it is. If it is, let's say a cougar, um, it's probably going to see me and get us before we can get a good idea on what to do with him. Right. You know, in theory. So I, I kind of understand why he did it. Uh, it was more or less like, Maybe I'll hit something, maybe I'll scare something, but something's definitely all of a sudden in front of us. That's all we have. You know, if we hesitate, it could be the end. You know, whatever it was could easily snag one of us. Right, and, and there's also the indication there that 
that based on the shock that hit that fence is that this is clearly a large animal that and it's already charging you so it's indicating itself as a threat so you know it, it's well within reason that that I, I would have shot at it too whatever it was you know I, w- I definitely would, wouldn't have hesitated there either um, because you know you've got whatever it is charging at you and and it's clearly big enough to do damage um, but man that's 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 it's a really interesting account, man. You know, the pacing is very Sasquatch-like. You know, the large thump from coming down from the trees is very Sasquatch-like. The large thing hitting the fence, the the weird humanoid sound is very Sasquatch-like. I've heard indications of them doing, quote, like, mimicry and making really interesting sounds when people encounter them. Uh, as for the As for the dogs, man, that really caught my attention because I think it's... I think it's in Kentucky. It's in one of the, uh, uh, like eastern states. Is that there's reports of dogs that are going missing in Sasquatch areas, and one of the theories is because there's this idea that Sasquatch like shiny things, and that explains why the dogs, because of their collars, are going missing. So you know, it makes me wonder what what the deal with that dog was. Was was you know it. it clearly didn't belong to anybody that in the neighborhood what what was it doing out there you know uh which is really interesting and then as for the as for the mist thing i don't i don't really know there's i also hear a lot about the lights and stuff you know people talk about the lights so to speak or, or other weird type of visual phenomena whenever there's there's some sasquatch sightings i do hear about that from quite a few different accounts so uh i i guess i want to ask you this man do do you have a general idea of what what would you if you had to guess what would you think it was that you encountered that night? I think the the larger of the stories I, I want to say it is it's Sasquatch, but the problem with that theory is that again for it to when you for it to run through that brush like that, there would definitely a hundred and ten percent the next morning be indications of a large creature, you know, stepping down on brush. Um, on top of that, it's just too thick to walk through, let alone run at it. I I, I don't know physics very well, but you know, I don't know how much force and how much speed you need to rattle that fence. You know, how much distance you need to run to get a head start, but then to not even see him right. when he would be literally a foot in front of me when he hit the fence. I saw nothing hit the fence, but we sure felt it hit the fence, watched the fence move. That's what kind of holds me up on the Sasquatch thing. Um, you know, we've had kind of, you know, officers, my mother-in-law's a police officer. We've had aliens thrown at us. Um, we've had skinwalkers thrown at us. We've also had, um, now, might be giving a location away here on this one, but there is an elusive panther. There was a drug dealer who got a hold of a panther, and the panther escaped in this area, and he's been a myth for literally years. Um, some say he's an urban legend. Others say he doesn't exist. Others say he's very real. Uh, the police cover up the fact that there's a panther out here due to like mass hysteria, and no one can really do anything about it. But even in that sense, it would have made a noise, right? You know, it wouldn't have made a, a weird human-y mimic noise. I just believe maybe those woods are kind of a portal is my best guess. Cause to me, you know, the mist felt the mist to dog ratio thing kind of felt like a, 
I've had witch thrown at it. It literally just kind of like transformed into a dog or shapeshifted into a dog. I've had a lot of things thrown. I still just can't explain it. I really think it's a portal in the woods. Um, You know, there's another neighborhood that does back the woods. It's only about a half a mile long in that area, but it's kind of like a a band, um, if you will. If you're thinking of of a band of woods that are half a mile um, across, but then lengthwise, they it goes on for miles and it opens up into complete woodland open area, you know, like it's almost like a thoroughfare of woods uh, between these two neighborhoods that open up on either side to a vast amount of wilderness. And I really think that it is, there's, there's just a portal of some sort for unexplained things. Um, you know, I could go on for hours about how weirdly haunted our house is and, just that entire area in general. I don't know the history. I'd love to dig dig into it, but there's just something off. Yeah, man, it it, it almost sounds like similar to the Skinwalker Ranch where there's just a bunch of really weird shit going on and no one can really tell what it is. You know, it's like, like they sent out the team of scientists to Skinwalker Ranch and they were witnessing all of this extraordinary phenomena, but they were unable to document anything. You know, so... You know, who knows what's really going on out there, man, but it, it definitely sounds like your woods are, uh, there's something going on out there, that's for sure. Definitely. I've had uh, quite a few of the local colleges somehow got a hold of this story, and, uh, you know, they uh, they wanted to come out. You know, I told them, fine, whatever, you know, and uh, I guess they did some research, and two of the colleges completely backed out. They just wanted nothing to do. They couldn't give me a reason. Nothing. Mm. They just wanted nothing to do with it. Interesting. Well, man, that kind of brings us to the to the end of our time slot here, but uh, I, I think it's time to wrap up unless you got anything else you want to add right before we finish up. I think that's it. Thank you for having me on, man. And, you know, I, I hope uh, maybe someone can one day shed light on whatever's going on in these woods. Hopefully, brother. Thanks again for coming on, and we will be in touch.